amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi there. My name's Medium Kareen. Welcome to my brand new podcast, Walking on Feathers. Listen in as I give you a glimpse of what it's like to be me. I will teach you all about angels and spirits, manifestation, how to connect with your higher self, your spirit guides, and I will also be connecting you with different types of healers, readers, as well as some clients and family and friends. I really hope this information helps you find healing, your own purpose, and a stronger connection with God. But also, I really hope this helps you have a better relationship with death and the afterlife. So I guess now it's time for the show. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Walking on Feathers. This is Medium Kareen, and I have a special guest for you all today. Her name is Sarah Hall. Uh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Kareen. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks so much for being here. So um, I'm just going to say how I found you, and then if you could give um, our listeners some background information as to how you got started, that would be great. So I found you um, actually Googling angel guided angel meditations. You popped up and then I got addicted to doing your all of your meditations. And, um, and then I started referring you to my clients and some of my clients have actually taken some of your courses. Awesome. Awesome. That makes me so happy. (laughs) So can you tell everyone just a little bit about you and how you got started and what you do? Yes. Yes. So I am an angel channeler and healer. I have been connected really closely with the angels on my spiritual path um, for many, many years, actually, since my teenage years going back, um, you know, I've been connected with the angels. And ever since I started working with them, I felt like it has been my purpose. And of course, my life's passion as well, just to share the healing consciousness of love that the angels bring through so beautifully when they work with us with as many people as the angels want me to. Um, So that's where I got started in, you know, beginning to share angel based meditations on YouTube and different things like that. I've just found that it's, it's a, it's a real honor and joy to be able to share the light that they give. So what was your first experience with an angel? Well, actually, my very first experience with an angel um, goes back to when I was actually 
in my teens, I want to say maybe I was getting towards my late teens at this point. But so when I was about in my early teens, maybe 14 years old or so, my spiritual gifts and sensitivity started to um, really bloom at that point. And I thought that that was very, you know, interesting. Um, I was very sensitive, you know, to energies, to other people's emotions. I've definitely been, you know, kind of like a lifelong empath, but it wasn't until my teens that I had this experience where sometimes deceased um, people in heaven or in spirit would be kind of reaching out or I'd be picking up on these spiritual impressions and spiritual messages, um, you know, for the people around me. So I was very interested in that at that point, thought like, okay, wow, I want to understand this better. So I'm going to try to open myself up as wide as I can and learn as much as I can too. Well, if you can imagine, that was a little overwhelming. Um, because spirit listens to our intentions. So if we say, I'm opening myself up to everything, yes, this is what I want to pick up on, um, then, well, you're going to get it. You're going to get that, um, you know, that, that answer. Um, it was a moment when um, I had actually had a kind of sleep paralysis at night when I was sleeping that um, I woke up after the sleep paralysis and it almost felt like there was a lingering feeling of like a psychic attack that was in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really over, I was very overwhelmed and very ungrounded energetically. Um, and it just felt like, you know, way too much. So at that point I decided to call in the angels. Um, this was something that I had very synchronistically, you know, sort of heard of it was on my radar, but I hadn't actually called on them before. So I called on the angels at that point And what happened next is that Archangel Michael, whom I didn't really know all that well before then, appeared at the foot of my bed. I basically saw an angel that had um, a sword made out of light. So did you see him with your real eyes or did you see him in your third eye? I saw him in my third eye at that point because I was still trying to fall back to asleep. And when I saw him, I actually decided to open my eyes um, because I went, oh my gosh, and it didn't look as detailed as in my you know, third eye, but I still saw light and energy, which is more rare for me, by the way. Um, you know, it's, it's more rare for right. me to see that outside. Um, but I saw that outline of, you know, his light, his presence there. And then again, with physical eyes, I saw that light actually sweep and flicker across the room, clearing out all of that lower energy, that overwhelming energy. And then all of a sudden I felt great. I felt grounded. I felt clear. I felt safe. I felt loved. Everything felt really, really beautiful. And from that day forward, um, I actually never had a problem with that kind of psychic attack and overwhelm ever again, because Archangel Michael was working with me from that point forward, keeping me feeling really, um, you know, shielded and protected. So naturally I wanted to keep working with the angels, you know, and learning as much as I could about them. So that's the point where I just started to dive in and really invite them into everything I was doing spiritually. So that was going to be my next question. If you've had a psychic attack again, because that's what happened to me when I first started reading and I just had angel cards. Like I was raised, um, hardcore Catholic, well, Christian, and then my parents switched over to Catholic and uh, Catholicism. And I was taught like, all of this is bad. And so after I started having experiences, uh, I got some angel cards and then they would pull them for random people. And then I would have the sleep paralysis where it was the same. um, It was the same vision every single time where I would like 
be stuck in my body. And then I would hear these footsteps coming. And then this uh, negative entity would hold me down, which I never saw. I just felt it. And then I would start saying Hail Marys, which I don't even remember them at all. And then Jesus would appear and I would ask him like, why aren't you saving me? And he was like, cause you're okay. You can save yourself. And I, I, it happened for like years after years. And then it hasn't happened for a really long time. But looking back, I thought maybe he is trying to show me that like, I'm okay. Like I can save myself. And he's just standing there holding space to protect me. And so it's interesting though, that you've had the same experience. And now I use Archangel Michael as well. I've, I haven't had that experience, but um, what do you think in regards, what do you think like the point of having a psychic attack is? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think like anything that we experience in this earthly life in this world we live in, there are just so many different contrasts that we can experience here. Um, you know, it's a, it's a dual paradigm. So where there's light, there's also dark, where there's hot, there's also cold. And the, the sense that I get is that for those who are spiritually gifted, um, our intentions and the willpower that we put in, I think, into what we want to do is really going to determine what we attract and what we experience um, in that, you know, kind of spiritual realm. Well, I think that until we really consciously say, okay, I just want to be surrounded with light and with love, that's the frequency I'm tuning into. And I tell a lot of people, it's it's like a ra- your third eye is like a radio. Um, it can pick up on many, many mm-hmm. channels. It can pick up on channels all across the, vib- the vibrational spectrum from maybe negative energy, chaotic, ego-based, lower entity, you know, kind of energy, if you want to. It can also pick up on the highest possible consciousness in the universe. Um, and you get to choose which channel, you know, you tune into. So I think that it's just the 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 purpose, I guess you could say, is just sort of like we are learning to live as spiritual beings in an earth life where we are learning to manage our own power, our own choice, our own focus in this realm of so many different contrasts, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And I feel like there's a, um, I feel like fear contributes to it. Meaning like, I feel like since I was scared of being judged or you know, who really is that bad stuff out there? I was drawing it to me. And now after having those experiences, I don't fear it anymore. I'm not scared of it. And so I feel like maybe that's why it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same here. Um, Definitely back then in that curiosity phase that I was in, where I was just like, I want to tune into everything. You know, I think especially when you're young too, there's just this fascination with all of it. You're going paranormal activity, all these other different, you know, energies or ghosts or whatever. I'm so interested. I just open myself up and say, I'll, I'll tune into whatever, you know, is out there. And it's just, you need the boundary. Um, and if yeah. you hold already inside of you a vibration that is, you know, more turbulent, which I had in my teen years for sure, you know, a little bit more fear-based, more turbulent you're a vibrational match for that. That's the radio signal you're sending off. You're tuning into that channel more. Totally. And then also, I feel like there's another layer as to how Hollywood portrays negative energy. Because what I started seeing was like the girl like the ring or the, you know, the scary movies that I watched growing up. And I, I feel like the negative energy would morph into something that I had experience with in order to scare me even more. So now I won't even watch that crap. 
Yes, me too. I'm, I'm literally exactly the same because I don't want that in my subconscious mind at all. I just don't want that to be there as anything to pull on because it really, it's like a, it's like being on an energy roller coaster, even just watching the movie because you're picking up on the emotion and the intent behind that kind of storytelling. And for a sensitive person, you know, like yourself, like myself, it's like, whoosh, I'm, I'm moving into that energy. And it's not maybe an energy I want to carry out into my, my, my world, my, my work. Right. And if I have, I've suffered from anxiety problems all throughout my life. And I've noticed within the last couple of years, the more I tune into that negative energy, the more it gives me anxiety. So, and I feel like it's like my body's warning sign. Like, this is bad. Stay away. Stay away. Yes. Yes. Me too. We are actually very, very similar in that way. That was one of the big things that I had to work on, on my path when I was learning just, you know, to start to connect with the angels was healing anxiety and everything that for me was attached to being in that frequency that was more um, fear and struggle based. So it's a, right, it's a right. constant and life work. <laughs> I feel like um, even like this year, I've realized in regards to anxiety, we kind we don't create it ourselves. We do, but we don't. It, it is created from our life experiences. And then I feel with my own um, situations, fearing it happening fuels it even more when it's more of something that happened in the past and then the present you fearing it presently fuels it and then it continues to follow you. So I tell a lot of my clients, face your fear, feel it, ask yourself, why why are you feeling this way? Nine times out of 10, it's attached to an old belief system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's actually, you know, I think the angels give that really, really um, universal message about belief systems because I've seen that so many times when I work with people too, that it all boils down to our beliefs. You know, if our thoughts create our reality, then our beliefs, that's the foundation out of which all of the thoughts are going to come. It programs all of the energies, you know, that you attract and it really shapes your relationship with yourself too. So I think that when we can heal those deeper beliefs, that deeper level part of ourselves, it changes so much on our paths. 100%. I feel like the biggest issue or the biggest barrier in the way is being aware that you're holding on to these belief systems that are getting in your way. So I feel like a lot of the readings I do and probably a lot of the work you do is making people aware of what they're still holding on to that they that's no longer serving them. Yes, yes. I, 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 I've come across the exact same thing. And I think it's really because that's what the angels want to work with us on the most. I think that they can see that there's so much room for us to grow in those areas. Yeah. Right. Cause we learn, I feel like we've, well, I've learned more from those struggles than anything else in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to religion, can you talk about uh, just a little bit about your upbringing when it comes to um, your religious, um, that religious aspects, and then also like what your childhood was like? Yes. So um, we are so um, kindred spirits because I too was raised Catholic. Um, and while it's not like my my family was super, super, super into it religious, I still did go to Catholic school and, you know, had that um, that thinking, that mindset, just really a strong presence for the first, you know, 12 to 18 years of my life whilst I was in, you know, Catholic school and had that upbringing. Um, So 
there are things that I'm definitely very, very, very grateful for. Um, I'm very grateful that I learned how to pray from a very early age. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you, you were mentioning that you were praying the Hail Mary um, when the psychic attack came in. I've actually done the exact same thing. And those prayers, and I tell this to people, and it doesn't matter which religion, because there's prayers in every religion that have, you know, a collective energy to it. But if there is a prayer that people have been praying for thousands of years, and they all are attributing the same strong intention, you know, again, intention being so powerful and creating things, this intention of connecting to the divine, this energy of love, it's almost like that prayer is your code or your bridge that you're opening up um, that creates this open pathway between you and God, you and the highest, you know, divine source of love in this universe. So I'm super grateful for that. And, you know, though I myself didn't feel, you know, really, um, you know, fervent and passionate about my my Catholic upbringing at the time, um, I did have a strong connection with Mother Mary. And I've actually, since I can remember, felt really, really, you know, close with her and aligned with her. So that's kind of the biggest spiritual influence that I got growing up. Um, and, you know, being someone that was very also, as I mentioned before, empathic growing up too, um, I I had a lot of challenges, I would say. Um, and I think that a lot of people that are, are spiritually sensitive can have these kinds of things where um, you feel things a lot. You oftentimes feel very, very, very differently because you're picking up on things, um, you know, maybe that not everyone is sensitive to. Um, so it can mm-hmm. make you feel a little bit like the black sheep, like the outsider, um, you know, the person that's sort of like, on their own, walking through the the, the cold frontiers. Um, I had that feeling for a long time. And I think that that contributed to me being, um, you know, more in that fear-based anxious energy by the time that I got to, you know, my teens and my early 20s and that kind of thing, um, where I was just, I had a lot of work to do. I had a lot to um, heal as I opened up my spiritual gifts more by that point, um, you know, in order to really get on my path and discover who I am and what my my purpose was for you know this life. Were you able, or did you have anyone that you could talk to, talk to your struggles about, like what you were feeling and whatnot, or did you keep it to yourself? I had a few close friends that I was able to share this with. In fact, um, you know, a couple of them were also a bit spiritually sensitive um, in different unique ways from the way that I was sensitive, but people that I could absolutely talk to. And for me, it was, that was like soulmates to have a couple of friends that I could talk to about it because it's not something that I would talk to with, you know, my parents or my family who have more Mm -hmm. of that, like just normal, (laughs) um, you know, set of beliefs in the way that they see and relate with life. And they also very much believed in being normal people, (laughs) you know, don't pay attention to that stuff for them, you know, because they weren't overly religious themselves. It wasn't, Oh, you're going to pick up on something evil. They didn't really necessarily buy into that. It was more like, that's weird. (laughs) And you don't (laughs) want to be different. It's just weird, you know, to get into all of that. Um, so that was the general, you know, kind of vibe that I have, but I, I felt very lucky to have at least a couple of really good bosom buddy, you know, friends that I could share these experiences with. When did you come out of the closet? Like, when were you like, okay, I'm just going to be who I am and take it or leave it? 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It was in my early 20s that I finally decided to really be out of the closet spiritually. Um, By that point, I had been doing so much learning and growing and, you know, inner work with, with calling on the angels regularly. And I had a feeling by that time, a calling, a sense of a calling that it's like, I want to share this. I want to share this with the world. I want to do this as much as I possibly can, you know, for other people. So at that point I was like, you know what, then I need to be brave and I need to be out of the closet and just declare to the world, like, okay, I am a light worker who identifies as being intuitive, psychic. Um, I work with angels. I believe in angels and this is who I am and I'm totally comfortable with it. And of course, you know, there's a learning curve with getting comfortable with it completely and, you know, really getting used to sharing that outwardly a lot. But it was in my early twenties where I was very officially out of the closet and also starting my career in, you know, doing uh, readings and healings and, and that kind of thing. So how did your parents take it? They were okay with it. By that point, I had put them through so much with the way that I would rebel and be weird and different that at that point, they're just like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) we know that we can't just tell you what to do. So we're just going to accept it and take it in stride and be happy that you're, you're doing something that seems to be positive and that you believe in. So they're, they're, they've been supportive. (laughs) Awesome. So did you have a period of time where you had to go, um, did you work in therapy to try to find yourself or did you do it all on your own? I actually did it totally on my own. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's almost like the universe left me no choice because, you know, by the time I was in that period of life where I was describing before in my late teens, where I had a lot of that anxiety, more fear-based energy overall, I had definitely periods where I would go into depressions, experienced it sometimes regular panic attacks and that kind of thing. Um, I just mentioned it sort of by and by to an actual, like a regular doctor. Um, and her immediate response was, okay, I'm going to put you on drugs. I'm going to medicate you, you know, here you go. And she actually sent me that day after a maybe two to five minute conversation. She sent me that day home with a sample box of these medications. Well, I was talking to one of my very good friends about this and who told me, you know, I've been on that before. And actually the, the side effects are really bad. I really wish someone would have told me to think twice, do my research or consult someone else before I started taking it. Cause it's very hard to get off. You know, your body's not going to respond so great. So I said, thank you from uh, God's voice through your mouth to my ears kind of thing. So yeah. I decided not to go with that. And it was, it struck me as a little strange that this doctor was like, I've known you for five minutes or I've basically heard about your, your, your feelings for five minutes. And this is what I'm going to give you. I'm not going to suggest that you take any other action, you know, no exercise, not let's look at other things in your lifestyle. Let's look at trying these different techniques. No, no suggestions of that whatsoever. So I said, you know what? I don't know that taking the traditional route is for me. I don't know that I, I really want to go to therapy. I'd maybe been to one or two of those kinds of things in the past just to try it at some point, but it never really resonated for me to just kind of talk at someone and have them just sort of like 
hmm. I was like, I can do this on my own. <laughs> I, I'm, I have no problem, you know, pouring out my heart to myself. Um, so I did a lot of journaling. Um, I also did a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading of um, spiritual books and that kind of thing. And just from learning, you know, a few different techniques around meditation specifically, learning how to meditate and become still, that's where I, that's what I credit for turning around the, the actual, like the, the, the mental hardwiring of anxiety, you know, and the, the negative erasing thoughts that caused those physical symptoms. When I learned to meditate and to become still and present, that's what led me to do some of the deepest inner forgiveness work and releasing work. And, um, once I healed, you know, from depression at that point, it's sort of like filling in a hole that I was in to where Mm -hmm. once you fill in the hole, you're not going to go down as far as you were before. Um, so I just kept filling it, filling it, filling it, keeping my daily lifestyle and practice filled with these healthy, you know, kind of self-loving based practices, such as the meditation until I was better than stable, but happy. And in a space where I wanted to share the joy of feeling really balanced with as many people as I could. Oh my gosh. I love that. I've never heard someone explain it like that. Cause I've suffered from depression and anxiety and Um, I did have to go on meds after having severe postpartum depression and and anxiety after having my son. And um, I got off meds. And then more recently, I had the same experience as you. I had a 13 minute phone call with a psychiatrist and um, I had like written down all of these notes and the things I wanted to cover in regards to like how I've been tracking my anxiety and how I think it has something to do with my hormones and my period. He wanted to hear none of it. He didn't have any of my information. He didn't have my chart. We had um, two prior appointments that were only 30 minutes prior. And um, he basically told me, that my brain is broken and that if I, if he could tell me to go hug a tree, he would, and that he was on high blood pressure medication and he didn't want to be on it, but he had no choice. And I said to him, but you do have a choice. If you weren't so stressed out, you wouldn't have to be on it. And he got so pissed off. And same thing. He sent me a, um, a little trial of this medication. And my husband was just like, he is very supportive, but he did the research on it. And he's like, first of all, this is like $300 a month. And second of all, uh, do you really feel like you need to go on it? And it just so happened that prior weekend, I went to Sedona to Arizona and I got a tarot reading. And I, all I said to her is I want to know about my anxiety. And she pulled cards and she looks up at me and she's like, they keep telling me that you don't have to go on meds. And so during my, my phone call with him, I kept hearing her in my voice. And so I canceled my prior or my future appointments with him. And I dedicated a lot of my schedule to self-care, to meditating, to spending time with myself, to feeling my feelings and not running from them anymore. And, um, I will have bouts of anxiety here and there, but I feel like it's normal. My husband will say sometimes anxiety feels like excitement and then it triggers your, um, your brain to go into that scary mode, but it's not always scary. And so I've been working through it as well. And I do believe in taking meds, um, to give you a break from yourself, but I do not believe in taking meds for your entire life. And again, I had spent the last two years on them and I just wanted to get off and feel what it felt like to be sober per se. 
Yes, that's so well said. And I totally agree. I think that there are circumstances where those meds are great at certain points in your life or for certain people's, you know, situation. They can be an amazing tool to help with all this other stuff, but you don't want it to be your only crutch because we all, every single one of us, no matter what our background is, no matter what's going on with our health too, there are little, at least some little things that we can do to start to make choices that shift our mindset, um, Mm -hmm. that literally reprogram the way that your brain is firing, the way that your body is responding to your level of, you know, stress or self-regulating that you do. So I absolutely agree. That's just, um, I think that's, that's so true. What I realized too, and this was for me, and I don't feel like it's for everyone, uh, but I realized what I was doing was overextending myself. I was working too much. I was giving too much, being a mom, a wife, a friend, a psychic medium. And then I realized like, what about me? And days leading up to it, I kept telling my husband, I keep feeling like I'm living for everyone else. And then I questioned that. I wrote it down. Why do I feel this way? Because I am. I couldn't even write one hour in the day that I spent alone with myself, enjoying just being with myself and my thoughts and whatnot. And I felt like if I got on those meds, it would continue to allow me to live for everyone else and be a robot. And so I had to undo some old belief systems where I had to be here for my kids or I had had to be out of balance or be more of a wife or be more of a giver and find a better balance with giving back to myself. And within doing so, I've... I've like, I've kind of kicked it. So again, it pops up here and there, especially um, around eclipses. And then my body though, has become way more sensitive to what I put into it. Like before I could have two glasses of wine and be fine. Now I have two glasses of wine. I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning with my heart racing. And I just can't drink wine anymore. It's so weird. Yes. Same. Oh my gosh. Same thing. I think that as our energy shifts. And as we get into so much more of a, um, of an aware relationship with ourselves that our body starts to change. Um, we start to notice the way that it reacts to the things that we put inside of it, the energies that are associated with it. Um, and I think that in order, you know, you're, you're someone who holds a high vibration since you connect with the angels very, very regularly channel them. Um, and that higher vibration, um, your cells and your body are like a home for that. That's how I always think of it for myself. And mm-hmm. we want to be the best containers that you we can be. So we there are these points where we notice there are certain things I can't put in my body anymore. And that was so huge a part of me overcoming, um, you know, doing my healing, overcoming the past chapter of the depression and getting as clear as I possibly could in my relationship with um, spirit as well was changing a lot of things in my diet, honoring my sensitivity and listening to my body regularly. And just that's a, that's a, that's a profound level of, of self-care. So I really, yeah. Yeah. I'm one that learns the hard way. And so I would like do it and then do it. And I'm like, why, why is this happening? I mean, I feel like this whole year, the theme of the year was cleaning out um, the way, the negative way I was treating myself. Cause I, I used to smoke weed in order to not take meds and in order to overextend myself. I cut that out, actually said a prayer and said, please God, help me stop doing this. It's such a bad habit. And I let this candle that this um, woman, she calls herself a witch that she made. It's a, it was a God candle. There's like real gold in it. And there was intention to connect with God. So I lit that on a Monday and on Friday I smoked and I only smoked one puff. I legit overdosed and begged my husband to take me to the ER. I started throwing up, shaking, and um, 
haven't touched it since it's been six months and I have no desire to. And then caffeine, I cannot drink caffeine anymore. I, and, but I'm, it's so crazy though. Cause I'll tell people, you know, that if you're already having anxiety, it makes your nervous system, um, work at like an elevated pace. And so you're already naturally anxious. And then you give your, you continue to feed it the caffeine and whatnot. And your body doesn't get a chance to, to, um, stabilize itself. And I obviously learned the hard way. And so I'll tell people like, you need to cut caffeine and they're so resistant to it, but I was too. So this year has been like no alcohol. I mean, I'll drink here and there, but I definitely can't drink wine. Um, uh, no weed, nothing, no pills. I am like completely sober. And it's funny because I feel like it was forced on me, but I am so thankful for it. Oh my gosh. You could be saying my, my, all of my stuff right now, everything that you're, <laughs> you've experienced. Same thing here with the caffeine too. Um, you know, with anything that's oversensitive, even for me, I go through periods where sugar, I just can't have literally yes. any at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, our bodies really are, um, a mechanism that is fully, fully involved in all of the energy that we interact with in the world. Every time we connect, you know, spiritually where we work on transformation, whether it's for ourselves or we're holding space, helping others to, to heal and to grow on their path. Um, your body's interacting with that energy all the time. And it has an intelligence and a wisdom all on its own that knows how to process spiritual and mental energy. Again, whether it's ours or shared energy that we're interacting with, you know, from others or our angels or the universe. And I think that when we put things into it, like, you know, caffeine, we're like, messing with its programming a little bit. We're saying, speed up, go, 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 compute and think faster, get things done. And it's going, ah, that's overwhelming because I'm already processing so much energy and, you know, working with all these very delicate inner balances with these systems and how our body translates that energy. So the caffeine is almost like throwing gasoline on a fire or something like that. Those more overwhelming, especially um, mood altering kinds of, um, you know, substances. I've, I've gotten the exact same thing. We just become very sensitive to them. I think the more that we do this work. I feel like sugar, It's the, I get the same feeling as I do from caffeine. It's just like a very heightened state of, it's like, I feel too much. My, I'm going very, very quick. Um, it's the same thing with alcohol too, after it wears off maybe because it turns into sugar. I have no idea. All I know is um, it's funny. It's interesting because I feel like it's not just, me going through this this year, I feel like a lot of people are starting to attune more to their body, their vibration and raise it. And within doing so, they're having to shed all of this crap that is no longer serving them. Yes, that's I I totally agree. I see that so across the board. And I think that it's, you know, because for people, especially that hold the intention of I want to hold a, a higher consciousness, a light in this world, or I want to heal myself. Um, your body has to be the container for it. It has to be a vehicle for all of those things so that you can sustain and really experience those, those states of being that you're pointing towards that is, is there in your intention. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big one. I, I so agree. And I feel like that is a large part of the work that I do with people too. It's just really, um, talking about that, that particular aspect of self-care and consciousness transformation. What do you do with a client who's very resistant? Like, so for example, if they, if you tell them, you know, you need to cut out caffeine, it's making you feel X, Y, and Z. And they say, no, like, how do you handle that? 
Okay. So I've actually had a few instances of, instances of this where, that I've been able to experience over the, over even the just last year, 2020 being a very transformational year. Right. Um, and I have actually been guided to talk to those people about where the resistance is coming from, because if they are feeling triggered, um, or resistant to some, anything that pops up, whether it's a new mindset that they're bringing in a new lifestyle, you know, maybe changing something dietary or whatever, that's pointing to something a little bit deeper. It's oftentimes pointing to a belief or an attachment that's there at a deeper level of consciousness where maybe they have been using, let's say that, that caffeine or sugar as a, a crutch, um, almost like the band-aid that's helping them not face certain difficult, you know, maybe feelings that they have. It's almost a way of giving their power away, um, you know, to constantly go back into that state of mind that's just going to take them on this ride, this caffeinated ride or this alcohol-induced, you know, journey for a short amount of time where they're escaping um, a piece of themselves that honestly needs to be listened to. Um, needs to be looked at a little bit further. So I always say, okay, this is juicy, good information. If we've met a resistance, let's trace that resistance that you're feeling on the surface down to its roots. And I'll usually channel a few messages from the angels just to help to nudge them at, at what they might be able to look at there and also ask them questions like, okay, what do you feel this is related to? Um, and usually we actually find that those resistances are an amazing springboard for getting so much more information that can be really healing and guiding and helpful for them. So I'm almost excited when people are resistant because I'm like, oh boy, well, hey, you signed up to work with me. So it means you must really <laughs> want change and you must be ready for this. So I'm just going to give it to you as it is. And we're going to dive in. I love that. Okay. So I have a question. What is your, who is your favorite angel to work with? Ah, okay. So Archangel Michael is usually my very first answer with that. Since, as I mentioned before, that was my, my first angel that I ever connected with. Michael was like a best friend angel for a long time. And I still very much feel that way about Archangel Michael. And lately too, I also tune in a lot to Archangels Metatron and Sandalfin, um, because, you know, with this whole topic of, of kind of raising consciousness that we've been talking about, um, I found that Metatron and Sandalfin are amazing in helping to teach us that, um, you know, and legend even says that these were the only two angels that were actually human before they lived human lifetimes, um, you know, as, as prophets. Oh, yeah, depending on the tradition that you're looking at. Um, but they say Metatron was the prophet Enoch and Sandalfin was the prophet Elijah. And Enoch and Elijah were these like ascended master level, you know, teachers during their time. They're associated with this incredible mystical knowledge, like magician, like uh, mystical knowledge, divine alchemist kind of energy. And they learned to go on this sort of path of ascension to where, you know, whatever enlightenment they, they reached, they, um, shifted into the angelic realm. Um, and this is, this is the thinking around it is that they're really good at teaching us human beings since they've been on the same path, how to also raise our consciousness and find more space for our empowerment, our ability to be 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Like divine alchemists who can transform what we want to, can create what we want to at that level of consciousness and spirit. I love, so Archangel Michael was the very first angel I had an experience with too. I always, he feels like my brother, my homie is what I like to say. Um, I had, when I first started reading, I actually only connected with angels and would do card readings and whatnot. And my, the name of my page was um, loving messages from your angels. So I would connect with him and Archangel Raphael and then Metatron would come in, but Metatron would like give me anxiety. I don't know. I feel like it's because his vibration is so much higher. I don't know if that's a better way to describe it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. Yes. <laughs> he kind of feels like a, how do I expect a stern older brother? Um, I feel like he like Michael's more like open and like uh, easier to connect with. It's like talking to you where Metatron is like, I mean business, but not in a mean way. I just feel like very, is that what you get too? I totally get the same thing. It's such a strong energy that Metatron seems to carry. Um, definitely holds really, really a high frequency, a high vibration to it, to where I, I've almost, sometimes I've described it like this, where it's like, here's my vibration where it is at my regular human everyday state. And then here's Metatron when I call him Metatron. And as the vibrational fields meet, there's like this friction where it yes. feels like everything's just expanding and heating up and moving. And it's like, whoa, okay, we got, we've got things to move and do here. <laughs> so you're right. I, I think it's a, it's a more intense energy for sure. I think maybe I struggle too, cause I'm so controlling and you can't be, well, with Michael, I feel like you can be like that, but with Metatron, it's like, nope, you got to surrender and just let me come through and work with you and transform you. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the other angels, Archangel Ariel, um, that I've had experiences with. Yeah. How does Archangel, How does Archangel Ariel, Ariel, feel, Ariel to feel to you? I love connecting with Archangel Ariel. Uh, there have been many uh, periods in my life where I've felt guided to connect more closely um, with Ariel. And oftentimes it's when I'm connecting out in nature, which is really purifying. There's something really purifying to me about connecting in nature with um, Archangel Ariel and receiving um, courage, like downloads of, of feeling more strong. Um, and as if I can, you know, find my voice, my assertiveness, and really, you know, put myself out there in the world, which was, you know, a big lesson, a big challenge for me as someone who is empathic and sensitive for a long time. I like to be invisible or keep to myself um, you know, for many years of my life. So I had to learn how to put myself out there. And Archangel Ariel is amazing for that. So um, yeah, I, I love working with, with Ariel a lot. 
I always connect with Ariel when I'm out for a run. And so it's funny yes. that you say strength because I feel the same way. And then you're like connecting with nature and like, I feel like I get these downloads and I'm being cleared all at once. Yes, that's exactly it. Oh my gosh. I just got my, I got goosebumps, which I call my angel bumps down my arms. When you said that, that's, that's exactly Oh my God, I love angel bumps. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start calling them that too. Yes. <laughs> what about Archangel Raphael? Did you use him um, whenever you're working on healing your body or other people's bodies? Yes, I love Archangel Raphael. I call on him all the time. A lot of times I notice him showing up in teamwork with Archangel Michael when I'm doing yes. healing. Yes, they're like best buds. It's so cool to, to work with them together. Um, and he helps me, yeah, a lot with, with physical healing stuff. Like if a client has a question about physical healing, he'll help do um, an energy scan of that person's energy mm -hmm. body um, so that we can get more guidance. But then just He's my number one to call on if I'm trying to actually channel healing energy towards someone or towards myself when I need it, you know, too. So how do you connect? Do you go into a meditative state um, or do you just say a prayer and intention and ask them to connect with you? Can you just walk us through that? Yeah. Um, so I actually have a little bit of a variety of ways that I connect when I want to connect at a more, um, you know, deep level and it's personal, you know, for me, I'll go through a deeper meditative process to where I'm really, really feeling all of my awareness just centered and tuned into that angelic um, channel frequency, we can call it. Um, and most of the time I receive guidance um, in a way that is claircognizant, which is um, clear thinking. Um, and I'll receive these downloads of uh thought or you know blocks of energy that just kind of come in and they start to translate themselves um through me as ideas thoughts words and that kind of thing that I'll either channel write down think to myself as I'm continuing that communication with the angels so um mostly it's through something meditative when I'm doing more everyday communicating with them however oftentimes just having like 2 minutes to breathe deeply, settle my energy. And I do this with clients all the time too, because I like it when they're able to settle their energy as well. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just set a little intention and then we dive in and it opens right up. And I mean, the angels are so willing, you know, to work with people. So I think that oftentimes all it takes is just ask and then they're, they're there. Yep. I tell my clients that all the time, like sometimes I'll have this vision of them, like looking at their wrists and like pointing to a watch. Like we're just sitting around waiting for you to ask us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. That's yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so if um, like normal people who call themselves normal and say they're not gifted, even though me and you both know everybody's gifted and able to connect, how would you recommend they start to connect with angels? Yes. Well, I always say to start with holding the intention. That's really all it takes to begin, um, you know, having a, a spiritual connection. Um, it's just to say, angels, you know, I want to hear from you. I'm ready to work with you. Um, they'll be listening to everything. And that intention that you set for yourself will immediately launch off a new patterning in your energy because your energy field responds to all of the intentions that you hold. So if you say, I'm tuning into the angels, angels, I want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. Um, that sends off an energetic signal that already starts to dial your third eye into the angelic realm and then practice it too. I always like to say that, Hey, the more we familiarize ourselves and practice this regularly, the stronger that energy is also going to get. 
Right. It's kind of like um, if you were a counselor, sorry, I have really bad analogies, but I just like to paint the picture more clearly. So if like you were a counselor and you had a client coming in once a week, that feeling that you get when your client is sitting in front of you is kind of the same thing with the angels. You get used to their vibration, the feeling. It's a feeling. Yes, yes, totally. Exactly. And the more familiar, the easier it is to access it, the more confident you get with what you're receiving through that connection with the angels. So intention and regular practice is amazing. And hey, it can also help to just try to really lift your thoughts into a place of love because they're always in that frequency of love. Of course, they'll come down to whatever state of being you're in. If you're not in a loving state, Mm -hmm. they still love you unconditionally and they'll still work with you. But if you want to feel really stably easily ready to connect with them like that. Sometimes, you know, just kind of surrounding yourself with that uplifting, um, you know, love-based intention, I guess, when you're going about your life can also help you to just notice them more um, than if you maybe were distracted by stress or worry or something like that. Yeah, that's really well put. And I also feel like being open because I feel like a lot of people think I'm not able to connect with them. I don't, I'm not gifted, but just try to think maybe there's a possibility you are. Just have a little bit of hope. It's the belief thing that you were talking about before. Those beliefs are so powerful. So if you hold the belief that says, yes, I believe I can communicate with angels. I believe it's my divine birthright, just like it is for everyone. Then so it will be. You get to choose. Right. So what are your thoughts on other uh, spiritual beings like fairies? Have you ever had experience with a fairy? Yes, I love working with the fairies. I love elementals. Um, I think that they're amazing. It's a little bit of a slightly different frequency vibration feeling Mm -hmm. when you go from one, um, I guess, type of of spiritual guide to the next. But uh, I've had several different experiences connecting with fairies, um, especially when I go, um, like, for example, on a retreat out into nature, um, or go to a lake or a big body of water, like the ocean or to a forest. Um, I'll actually often set the intention of, I want to tune into that, that level spiritually and just see what they have to offer me. And it's a very playful energy. It's just this really light, sweet, playful, buoyant energy that feels very, very healing and um, so magical. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in fairies and I think that they're amazing to connect with. I am too. I've had two separate experiences with fairies. Um, one time I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to pee and I was walking to the bathroom and I saw one clearly in my third eye, more clearly than I've ever seen an angel or a hurt someone's loved one, a spirit. And he was like talking shit to me. I don't remember what he was saying, but like, not in a mean way, just very like arrogant. Yeah. 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 They have, um, they have egos where angels don't have their, their pure, pure love. They have nothing else. Literally. There's no contrast to, to love in an angel's mindset. Fairies are here on earth with us, <laughs> just in a slightly different, you know, energetic dimension, I think. Um, but they're on the same earth. They're in the same, you know, energy timeline and that kind of thing. They um, they do have, they can have an attitude. They can be mischievous. Um, they can yeah. definitely have a lot of contrasting feelings that come through. But yeah, I've, I've experienced a little bit of that myself as well. Um, it's funny. I actually had a similar thing like that. This is so weird. The only time I've ever been to Ireland, which is, you know, um, where people, of course, say that the, the, there, there is a strong tradition, a history of people believing in the elementals and connecting with them. Um, 
The only time I've been there was for a layover. And I hope one day I'll be able to go there and actually visit Same. it. Same. That's the only place I want to travel to. Let's go. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was there for a layover in Dublin. So I'm at like the, the hotel airport because it's an overnight layover. So you'd think like, this is not in nature. This is not a mystical, magical place. It's in a hotel airport. <laughs> but I was falling asleep, had fallen asleep and just sort of felt really like almost I was entering into a lucid dream. Well, in my third eyes, I was starting to sort of almost wake up from a lucid dream. I had this image of this little fairy-like being. It was a male being that was curiously poking around the room and was walking up onto the bed and like, like looking at me and going, huh? And it was just this really <laughs> playful, curious, odd elemental energy. And I went, oh my gosh, what are you? Archangel Michael, is this okay? <laughs> you know, Calling on yeah. Archangel Michael. So then I opened up my eyes and I saw these little um, floating like orbs, these just little orbs that were all around the room. Um, and I felt that energy just sort of giggling at me, like laughing at me be for being scared or for thinking it was weird. Um, and then eventually mm -hmm. it just kind of cleared up and went away and it went back to sleep. But same thing where it was just like a, a weird attitude, <laughs> um, totally different vibe. But um, I, I think I love, I love working with fairies still. Though. I do too. I had a different experience where I saw one flying um, and it was bigger than I, it was bigger than Tinkerbell. I feel like people have this assumption that they're small. I mean, they're all different sizes, but at the time I was reading this book on, um, on different elementals. And it was basically about this archeologist who got called to go to a dig site in Ireland. And, um, there was all of these weird, right. Circle writings, um, hydroglyphics, I guess is probably the best label I can find. And after he saw it, he started having visions of fairies and he was an atheist. He didn't believe in any of this stuff. And so um, I read that book within three days. And then after I woke up having that experience with that fairy and I like was sitting there, like closing my eyes, opening my eyes, closing my eyes, opening my eyes. And he was still like just talking shit to me. And um, and then I went to sleep and obviously he went away. I haven't had another experience since, but I think it goes back to when you're um, reading up on something or if you're it's like you're calling it in. So, um, do you know of any books on how to connect more deeply with fairies or any books on like experiences with fairies? That's actually not an area where I'm as much familiar. I've done more reading in like meditation and on angels mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I mean, if anyone has suggestions for me, I would love to learn more about that because it's not an area that I've, I've read a lot of. I just kind of go off of the experiences I've had in tuning into the fairies myself on a few occasions. Same, same with me. I don't know of any besides that one book that I, I read. Um, so yeah, if anybody has any suggestions, send them our way. So I want to switch gears a little bit and discuss um, the whole 5D transition. What are they even calling it? Yes, yes. Um, well, with regard to that that shift into a new shift. state of collective consciousness, um, I, I I usually give it more generalized words just because I think 5D can be a little bit intimidating and sort of like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> um, I agree I think, with you. Yeah. And I, I just kind of think it's a little easier to say, well, it's a it's a shift in energy. And it's very true. How, whatever, whatever vocabulary you want to uh, use around it is fine. It's just that... Um, I, I really think that we are all together headed into a 
phase of consciousness, a phase of evolution, you know, for our consciousness, where more and more and more of us are awakening to empathy, um, to a unity-based consciousness, to essentially the awareness that we are all one united consciousness, all human beings together, all beings in the universe at large are all connected in one great mind, the mind of, of God, the mind of the all. And in that awakening to the fact that we're more you know, connected, we see a growing in the force that connects us and is our essence. And that force is love. So my very simple way of kind of describing that shift is we are moving into the consciousness of love together. We are all learning how to claim more mental real estate for love and to to allow its illuminating effects to open up our awareness on every level and to help us co-create a a new kind of hopefully more peaceful um, world that we can share in. I love that. I agree with you 120%. I feel um, like I've gotten the same messages when I've tried to do some channeling when it comes to that. And I feel too, like people are opening up more, becoming more sensitive to their own gifts in order to connect to that loving vibration. So I do feel like if um, someone like a normal human is struggling with anxiety or depression, I feel like the, those feelings or those emotions are surfacing right now. So you can clear them out to attune to this higher vibration. There's a reason for it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And that's sort of like, I, I, I do like to use the term, um, shadow work, which I think is a a bit of a Mm -hmm. buzzword in the, in the spiritual community. Um, because it, it's, it's, I think it's a good description of sort of what we're doing where there are things, you know, uh, more difficult, more fear-based energies that can be lingering in our unconscious mind, whether it's individually or whether it's collectively at a big, grand collective scale. There can be these imprinted memories of fear, these patterns of, of fear-based, separation-based thinking that's there. The more that we offer that consciousness of love, the more that it's naturally going to purge clear and detox out those things. Um, And it's almost like you're looking at what's in the shadow and the consciousness of love or your awareness itself is like your flashlight. It's like a light. And what we know is that when we shine light on something, the darkness doesn't go and just like hide behind a corner and go do something else. It literally turns into light. You know, if the sun is shining, um, you know, on a shadow. The shadow doesn't overpower the sun. It doesn't go hide behind a tree or something like that. It literally transforms. It surrenders itself and transforms into light itself. And that is shadow work. That is this shift. Um, at least the part of the shift maybe that we're experiencing right now into that new state of consciousness is where our light is being shown onto these, um, parts of the shadow that require healing so that we can claim more of, of who we are and what we are for that love. And we're seeing it start to transform. We're seeing that old energy turning into love. Um, and by the way, it is uncomfortable. Um, and I, I know that, but this is an, an interesting message I've received from Archangel Michael a couple of times. He's told me a couple of times that this shadow work or this transition is only uncomfortable when we are attached to what mm-hmm. we are releasing still. So if you're still attached to something that's being pulled off of you, 
you know, and you're resisting it, you're going to feel it when that thing, you know, is, is pulled away and it feels maybe more jarring, you know, because you're, you're still holding on and you're still uh, including it in who you think you are. If you release attachment to it and you really practice this just unconditional trust with the way that this right. process is going, it can be more comfortable. We have some choice over how comfortable or uncomfortable it might be. It's so funny that you say trust because I feel like um, whenever the universe has kicked me down to my knees, what I've learned from it is to trust that something better is around the corner that I just can't see yet. So whenever something does present itself that looks... um, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen or feels awful and that I don't want to let go of, I remind myself that the universe has always guided me in the best possible direction. And so I feel like if anyone out there is struggling with it, it's just got to have a little bit of faith that the universe knows better than you and trust it. Yes, yes, exactly. I think that that's one of the most powerful things you can actually do is what you just said there is sort of say, there is a higher perspective of this. So I'm not going to hang on to how my lower self um, or more limited thinking or seeing would have this done or would control and, you know, see this because I don't see the whole picture. Instead, I say God's will be done or the highest energy, the highest intention. I, I surrender my will to it and allow it to trust it and allow it to work through me. Um, that's, that's, that's a big transformation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it took, I'm 37, I think, or 38. I stopped counting after 30. But I feel like it took being, going through so much all at once, so much loss and chaos and to get to this point where it's just, you're able to ebb and flow with how the universe guides you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But I agree. It's not easy and it is hard. And I feel like I'm making it sound easy, but no way, Jose, I definitely struggled. And, but now I feel like through all of the struggle, I've gotten to the point where I do trust. And so, and then you feel at peace with how things are. And so um, I just remember like in my twenties feeling like you, how can you be like those people that are happy and at peace and whatnot? It felt like so unattainable, but I'm here to say it is attainable. It is. I I totally, totally agree. And you're right that it can be like a, it can be an imperfect process, you know, where you, you're, where we are regularly, reminding ourselves, okay, I've got to go back into my trust. I do that for myself all the time. I have to go back into non-resistance or looking at maybe a thing that I'm attaching um, to that doesn't serve me. And those, those little practices, those little reminders will help you to slowly build a more sustainable overarching state of that peace with all of this, I think. 
I agree. So do the archangels um, or angels or your guides have any messages in regards to next year and what to expect or what should be our focus? Yes. Um, so one of the big messages that I get when I tune into them um, about the subject, because this is something I've actually been thinking about a little bit already um, for some time is keep the faith. First of all, um, keep uh, a lantern of, of hope lit in your heart. Hold on to that. Um, because especially if you're listening to this now, if you're something to listening, someone who's listening to this talk, you are guided here for a reason. Um, right. And, you know, you might be someone who has the power and the potential to hold the light of that consciousness of love. And we are continuing that work as we go into the next chapter um, in 2021. Each person who holds that consciousness of, of love inside of them or that, that light inside of them holds it for the whole world. If we are a united consciousness, then you are literally like a portal through which heaven can send energy, healing energy, love um, into the earth. So um, trust, you know, kind of surrendering to that energy of love wherever you can, or at least just holding the intention of being in that, that, that consciousness of love. Um, and you can do that so easily just by focusing on your own inner work, focusing on your self-care, listening to your needs, living as authentically as you possibly can. Um, you know, giving yourself the balance that you need, um, the self-love that is a really profound offering because essentially if love is God, if love is the force that connects all of us, it's the essence of all of us. It is God. Um, and God is something to be accessed within you. That's your most intimate way of, of connecting with God is going inside because God is inside of you. God is you. God is a piece of you. Um, loving yourself then is your way of having a close and conscious relationship with your divine origins. It is your most intimate way of doing that because if love is God and your relationship with yourself is your portal to God, self-love is your way of practicing, embodying, um, you know, being in a, in a kind of energy that heals the world. It really mm -hmm. does. It really brings something amazing and special, um, you know, to the world. So uh, that feels to be the biggest kind of message, uh, at least from the angels, as far as what we're all continuing to do together going into the next year. So when do you think the, um, this new consciousness transformation will be finalized? I was told, um, this month at the end of the month, is that correct? Is that what you were getting as well? What I've gotten is that this month is a month with their, with huge shifts, huge, important shifts. We've got so much going on astrologically, we've got the solstice happening. Um, so this is a very, very, very powerful time. Um, and what I like in the timeline too, with regard to moving into this new energy or new consciousness is that it's almost like the blooming of a flower. It's not something that happens overnight where, you know, you can look at the flower and watch it go boom. And the rose is totally open. It's sort of like you go out in your garden, you check you know, every couple of days or so you see it growing more and then the sunlight is hitting the flower. It's getting nourished and slowly petal by petal, we see this unfurling and opening. So when we have a time like we're in right now, this December, which is amazing for huge spiritual shifts and it's thought of as a time where we're moving more into an Aquarian energy. What I think of that as in my mind, um, is 
like the opening of a major petal on that rose in the in the heart chakra of the collective consciousness of earth we're getting one step a little bit more open a little bit more aware and and receiving more of that accessibility um you know to this higher consciousness and you know it's funny but my leaning is that this world that we live in this earthly world that we live in as we know of course is constant change. There's constant evolving and growing and expanding out that occurs here. So while we could definitely say that this December is an arrival into something really important, that doesn't mean that we stop growing at this point. My feeling is that we'll probably still see many beautiful phases of continuing growth going on throughout our lives and throughout the generations that continue after us. I think what I was channeling into was it felt less chaotic and more hopeful after this month. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was getting the same thing. It felt like, okay, we finally arrived. It's less of that hard, hard uh, inner work that we're doing. And it feels like because of the inner work that we did maybe over 2020, which was the year of shadow work, um, that right. we've, we've done work that's built a foundation where it is very much lighter and easier in 2021. I, I 100% agree. I can feel that. Okay. I have one last question and then I'll let you go. Um, have you ever worked with the Pleiadians? I love this question. So I'm not 100% sure of whether or not the star beings that I've connected with before were Pleiadians or they were, you know, someone else. Um, I'm not going to say that I exactly know that because I'm open to the fact that there's probably an even higher way of understanding whatever it was that I experienced and that maybe God will teach me that as I go or my angels will teach me that as I go. But I have had an experience of connecting with star people. Um, It actually happened um, many years ago. I had my first encounter with this and they the, this experience actually happened. Um, there are two different experiences that happened um, in close succession to the other. In the first one, I was outside um, stargazing at night on a grassy hill. And there were actually two other friends with me. And this, this that part was interesting because they could verify what we were seeing. But we saw the sky create a mandala of light. And it started like this. You know, we were looking up at the stars. And one star would almost like spit a little bit of light into the next and the other one would catch it. And then it would maybe spit it back or spit it at another star. Um, And at first I thought, oh, it's like a a shooting star. And I was like, you guys, did you see that? Did you see that? Oh my gosh. Um, And we were like, whoa. So then we just sort of all sat back and we were really watching it because the spitting of light started to speed up. And at first I'm thinking meteor shower, you know, like, what is this? But Uh those little points of light that were being drawn, like connect the dots between each star suddenly turned into this beautiful geometric mandala-like shape. Um, And it all, it stopped flashing the way that it was and all lit up at once. And then once it did that, it started to turn. It started to rotate a little bit. And I was just filled with this sense, not of even a shred of fear, but of this is very normal. (laughs) And I felt this love and this incredible harmony and beauty and this just outpouring of, wow, existence is a miracle. Love is very real. This is amazing. And I wasn't the only one that saw that. This is, again, one of my few experiences where I had not just in my my third eye, but actual physical eyes had seen something. 
but they saw it too. And they could verify and they weren't people that are, you know, spiritual and try to do this woo woo stuff that I do. So <laughs> they're like, Oh yeah, we saw all of that. That was definitely like phenomenal and crazy. Um, so the next experience that happened right after that was one in which I was doing something similar. Um, and I was actually meditating, um, to clear my chakras again, underneath a night sky outdoors. And, I got to this point where I started at the root chakra and I was clearing my energy, just sort of meditating, got all the way up to the crown chakra at the top of the head. And it almost felt like there was this cannon that went off inside of my energy body where there was a part of me that went poof into the, the stars. And I went, oh, wow, that feels really interesting. And I just felt this beautiful, quiet stillness after that cannon going off experience. So I just sort of rested in it and felt amazing. And then maybe five minutes later, I felt like I was really back and grounded after that, had maybe drifted back down to earth and there was less of that stillness. I was observing more of my own thoughts kind of moving through my head. Um, and so instead of sitting up and meditating, I said, okay, I'm going to lay back and I'm going to look at the stars again. And something a little similar to the last time um, occurred where I was seeing, again, not just with my third eye, but with my actual eyes the stars linking up in ways to where I was seeing light and energy formations in front of me. And they felt like instead of being really far away, they felt like they were closer, but that felt like I was seeing it in my third eye. Like they could have been right in front of me instead of like mm -hmm. way off in the sky. And I started to communicate with it and just say, hello, you know, what are you? What am I, what am I yeah. seeing here? And there was this collective voice that answered back essentially. And it said, well, we are um, a race of beings. I'm not sure of the exact words that kind of came through and translated through me, but we are basically like a race of beings who um, are in a state that reflects where your, your species, you know, humanity is eventually headed in time, which is a state of collective consciousness where they all almost thought and felt as one. So there's this inherent harmony to the way that they seem to be functioning together. And um, they were just giving little bits of guidance on little things. One of the things I remember that they said was, you all need to learn how to educate your children in a, in a much more loving way where you're not making them compare themselves to their peers and putting pressure, too much pressure. Um, they were saying something about how, hey, your instincts are to play. You know, your race, your instinct is to play and that's how you learn. So you need to bring more joy and passion and fun into the lives of your children because that's going to create a um, foundation in their consciousness that will make them so much more uh, open to this mm -hmm. higher kind of growth, this ascension into a, at a higher, into a higher state of consciousness. So I said, okay, wow, that's really interesting. One time I asked them the question in this little, maybe 20 minute conversation that I was having that felt very like, wow. I said, why do you look that way? Um, you know, because they looked like this cluster of stars and light that were all together. And they kind of laughed and said, why do you look the way that you do? Um, and then they, they sort of answered and they said, well, it's because we choose to, and you choose to look the way that you do. You believe that you're supposed to look a certain way as a human being. And that's encoded all the way down to your physical DNA. So you, you're showing up in this particular form, but we have come to a state in our consciousness where we realize that we don't have to be stuck in one, I guess, stagnant, maybe physical form. It felt more like they were kind of non-physical. Um, and they said, we just take on the exact form that represents exactly the love that we wish to express in the moment. 
And oftentimes it's best expressed when we take the form of this beautiful geometric light. Um, so there were just a few little messages kind of back and forth that we exchanged over that time. And I felt very like, oh, I don't even know what to say to these beings right now, but I could definitely feel that they were loving. They were a guiding force. And there was this sense of incredible kindness and incredible respect for humanity as if they were giving us attention because they wanted to share the abundance of the incredible love and healing power that they hold with, with us who they, they acted like we are their brothers and sisters, their, their, their family. That's so funny. I was just going to say that as you're talking about it and I've had, um, dreams about them. And whenever I meditate, not whenever, when I first started meditating, I would obviously close my eyes and my third eye would like pulsate in and out this indigo color. And then I would start seeing stars. And then I got really drawn to the Pleiadians and I started doing research and whatnot. And I feel like, um, the image I had in my mind was like these crazy aliens, but it's actually the opposite. They're like, I can't even label them as aliens or just this high vibrating, loving beings that are watching over us. That's what I got from them. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I got too. That's amazing. Yeah. But I do feel like, um, our consciousness is leaning or is opening up more to them, to other beings, the other beings that we haven't discussed and whatnot. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. I think that that makes so much sense if we think of our spiritual and consciousness growth as one in which we are getting deeper into awareness of our unity. That, of course, is going to include our connectedness to other intelligent beings, such as the ones that live out in other star systems. It's so exciting uh, for all of us, but I feel like more so if you're a light worker, um, especially for me, because I feel like I have felt so alone in all of this. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to awaken to their gifts. And and then there's all this like magical transition um, happening in regards to people uh, opening up their minds to other beings and other ways of living and, and, and loving. So I, I feel like it's so exciting right now because I didn't think this was possible. Yes. Yes, exactly. I agree. I think that this is a very exciting and beautiful time to be alive. I am so excited for the coming year. Okay. So if people want to find you, how, how can they find you? They can find me on my website at sarahhall.com, real easy. Um, I'm also on social media and it's at sarahhall444. Um, whether you're looking on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, which is where I, I like to primarily, you know, post angel messages and meditations and that kind of thing. So are you doing offerings right now? And if so, what are you, what are you offering? Yes. So the offering that I have right now is actually a new coaching program that I am doing with the angels called Angelic Ascension, um, where I'm taking people through a whole journey um, in learning how to open up their own spiritual gifts and engage in deep self-healing simultaneously so that we can do pretty much exactly what you and I have been talking about today, which is open up to that higher consciousness of love and embody it and live it in this world. So that's my, my main thing. And if anybody's interested, they can check out my, uh, my website for a little more info on it. Awesome. One of my friends took, uh, one of your courses and she spoke very, very highly of you. Oh, and I could see a transformation, um, after she completed it. So 
I highly recommend Sarah if you guys um, want to check out her meditations. Highly recommend those as well. And I do foresee you writing a book someday. I don't know if you've started that or have you thought about it? Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) I would love that. That would be amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing all of your insight with my listeners. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again at some point. Thank you so much, Karina. It's been a true, true, true honor to be connected with you. And I feel just so grateful that, uh, you know, we were brought together. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Walking on Feathers. For more information on how to book a session with me and on the classes I offer, visit mediumkareen.com. You can also find me on Instagram under mediumkareen, where I like to connect and also offer opportunities to receive a free reading. I will see you in a few weeks. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.